0: After a troubled writer moves into a haunted house he inherited from his aunt, he begins the search for his missing child. Screw the haunted house.
1: It's the neighbors that are terrifying. Almost as terrifying as leaving your kids with total strangers.
0: Who even are you guys? We're children of the cheesy. hey there folks welcome to this episode of children of the cheesy i am your local realtor sam and i am your local bio, megan megan today as i just alluded to we are going to embark on an experience that most americans will never experience (laughs) not in this generation home buying specifically (laughs) haunted home buying right because if it's haunted it's large house the 88 classic 85 1985 cult classic. I got to say as far as cheesy horror movies go, this one was a this one was a pretty fun watch. I mean, we're definitely in
1: the era for it. We've talked about this before. Mid '80s, mid to late '80s was
0: like sort of the golden age for all this stuff. Prime for this, Mm -hmm. and I think you're right. I think this is certainly one of those movies that really typifies the genre in a lot of good ways. I think have certain expectations going into these movies, and they're typically not very high. This one, I think, does a pretty good job of of hitting them. You might not agree, but it's it's all there, right? Bad acting, the sort of comedy shtick. You've got puppets, puppets. You've got George Mint. So, you know, what else could you need, right? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so let's get this started. So this movie opens up to my favorite, what do we want to call this, trope within horror movies, Mm -hmm. which is red text on a black background. Mm. This one changes it up, though. Yes. With a really swishy font. (laughs) I don't know, everything has a tail on the end of it, and it like curls around. It is very intricate. It is also... The movie itself opens to a young man delivering groceries to as you've alluded this very large home, right? It's nice. It is. It's got a big front yard and backyard, white picket fence. It's a two-story home, I believe. Two-story home? Yeah, big house. If this were uh if this were house hunters, it would certainly be on the on the couple's list, right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, the couple, the one who owns a
0: microbrewery out of home and the uh And the professional dog walker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, with their $500,000 combined income. Mm -hmm. Barely make the payments on the house. That's the kind of house we're talking about today, right? So you can kind of picture that in your heads. Grocery Boy, which is his name, by the way. That's how he introduces himself. That's the only time we hear anything about this kid. And he introduces himself as Grocery Boy. So Grocery Boy goes inside the house. Uninvited, I would think you don't just walk into someone's home. No,
1: he heard some cluttering and whatnot upstairs. I guess maybe he's used to leaving them inside for this old woman.
0: Maybe so. Maybe Grocery Boy and this woman, Elizabeth, have like this relationship to where he's comfortable enough going in and she's comfortable enough letting him in. Either way. Right. He goes upstairs, finds her hanging from a light fixture, so he bolts. Yep. Grocery Boy is no more. It's the last time we see him. R.I.P. Grocery Boy. Hello and goodbye. Then the the real movie begins. We cut to Elizabeth's funeral. It's this scene right here where we realize the kind of movie we're in for, right? Because oh, yes. the, the main protagonist, Roger Cobb, who we find out later is a very famous writer, is at his aunt's funeral, the woman who was the light fixture there for a second. The man next to him, who I guess is like,
1: his uncle maybe his
0: uncle right like the brother-in-law part of it right yeah yeah he was trying to console roger and says it's just not like your wife she's just or not like your aunt right yeah it's just not like your aunt she's not crazy my wife she's crazy (laughs) crazy she's crazy (laughs) And they cut out to like her wailing right like (laughs) in the foreground and he's like but your aunt was not crazy (laughs) roger is a successful author or at least successful enough to have like adoring fans, but he's not financially successful. Doesn't seem to be. So he eats a lot of like TV dinners. He has a vehicle, but it's not a particularly nice vehicle. His apartment's not very big. Right. Um, there's, I think there's some debt collectors in there at the beginning or somebody trying to get a hold of him he's also has a complicated relationship with his ex
1: yeah they seem to be going through divorce but i guess or maybe talks of divorce but they're loving each other but she's also dating outside of the i don't know yeah she's some
0: sort of hollywood so-and-so that's their relationship isn't great The other thing we need to know about Roger is he is departing from his usual horror schlock to write a book about Vietnam. Nobody wants to read a book about Vietnam, according to his publicist, but he's going to write it anyway. So apparently this
1: was like a very common theme in the 1980s because everybody who returned from Vietnam was experiencing PTSD Mm -hmm. and it came out in a lot of the media at
0: the time. The next day... Roger is at his aunt's house with a realtor with severe boundary issues. And
1: a fucking psychopath, we find out
0: later on. Possibly a severe psychopath, right? So this guy pries into Roger's business... He also follows Roger very closely behind, right? Like we're talking maybe 18 inches maximum at all times.
1: You could feel hot breath on the back of your neck.
0: Probably could. Like the man is definitely in your psychic space for mm-hmm. sure, right? He's sort of wandering around the house with him the whole time. They get into the studio, which is sort of this in-law home slash garage. It's this sort of just adjacent structure right the on backyard. the property yep. the backyard. Roger's looking around when the realtor grabs a spear gun and fires it at Roger. For no fucking reason. No motivation, no reason, other than he must have been bored. Yeah. Because he was so casual about it. Yep, casual apology. Nearly, like, pales Roger against this pole. Yeah, Roger like,
1: doesn't seem to have that
0: much of a reaction to it either. Mm-mm. Like, they're both pretty chill about the whole thing everybody moves on roger goes upstairs sees the ghost of his aunt right like as she's hanging herself and warns him that the house got to her it tricked her and it'll trick him too and then she hangs herself and disappears right he's sort of left the, with this warning <sighs> we're, i'm not entirely we're not entirely sure what his motivation is no at least directly. In the yeah. yeah in the beginning Right, it becomes a little bit clear later on. So he's just sort of chilling in the house when his neighbor, played by George Wint Norm from Cheers, I believe, yes, correct. Yeah, meets Roger. Immediately makes him for an author. Tries to like have this neighborly bond with him, and Roger's just not having. It. He's like, I want solitude. You know, whatever he, whatever he's doing, he wants to do it alone. Norm, by the way, George harold in Herald. this movie yeah right so norman george harold i may be using these interchanges. just know it all means the same it's thing it's the same guy just a jolly fat guy that has way too much time on his hands. yeah and is maybe just a bit intrusive that same night raj is working on his novel so like we see his novel through these flashbacks there's a few characters in there the only one worth noting is ben who's sort of this big bully. Wants to shoot things and fuck shit up. We have Ben, this character that he's writing. He's sort of dealing with his writer's block. He's He kind of pulls away from his writing for a second and then sees his son, Jimmy jimmy in the in a a reflection in the window little sidebar we learn a little bit earlier during the realtor scene jimmy his son was taken by the house jimmy is sort of like running around while roger is writing his book with and his wife is there too and jimmy just sort of disappears right
1: yeah he goes into the pool
0: yeah roger sees him in the pool for half a second he thinks he's drowning so he jumps in the pool and then the kid just can't find him. yet. he has gone. Right, it's just mm-hmm. gone. Right, the pool is sort of a is a is a big thing. Right. Yep. And searching for Jimmy is the second part of this. Right. So we kind of get this motivation that he's there to look for Jimmy. While brushing his teeth in a very uncomfortable manner, I gotta say, like it's very tight-lipped it was, around the brush. Like yeah, you. Nobody would brush their teeth like that no he's like got his lips wrapped around the brush
1: <laughs> he's like yeah like the dentist has a suction thing in his mouth except for it's a toothbrush and he's doing it himself
0: yeah and so he's doing that with his teeth and then he just decides to go to the closet in the in the adjacent room because there's no sound there's no lights there's no alarm there's not even a subtitle in the caption that's what I was about to say we have
1: like subtitles on so even if you can't always hear stuff It'll alert you that something is happening in the movie.
0: Nothing. Nothing. Gets nothing, Nothing. right? He goes into this room, randomly opens this door, and a huge monster jumps out and tries to grab him.
1: (laughs) Fun fact, it's hard to tell, but the monster is supposed to look like a napalmed body from Vietnam with bullets for
0: fingers. You don't get that. No, not at all. You don't get that at all. Nope. It's just some weird hunchback monster. Yeah. With claws for hands. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Doesn't do very well. Doesn't really do the the justice for that little bit. I guess if they'd have done that better, it'd have made a bit more sense. But they did. Why the monster. Yes. I don't know why like the monster when the monster. And we'll and we'll talk about when the monster in a second, yes, right. Roger sort of goes commando immediately after this, right? So, the very next day, buys a whole ton of camera equipment to set up this whole thing uh, again, right? So, I want to talk a little bit about this plan and this setup. Stupid. So, the man buys it's 1980s recording equipment, right? So, it's a bunch of Betamaxes, 15 of them, somewhere between 15 and 20,000 cameras. <laughs> All pointed at this closet. His plan is just to sit there and pull on a closed door with a rope. (laughs) Those of you who understand how doors work understand immediately how stupid of a plan this is.
1: Right. Whether it's a turn knob or a push knob, either way, you can't just tie it around
0: like the... Yeah, there's a lock in place that keeps the door. That's why it's a door. That's why it's a door. And how it functions as a door. Right, and so if you're able just to pull it open, then... Then it's no longer a door. It's no longer a well-made door. It's just a swinging piece of wood. Yes. Yes, so Roger is hoping that this swinging piece of wood will reveal a monster. Spoiler alert. Much to his disappointment. It does not. But not to our surprise. While Roger's doing this, Harold, again with his privacy issues, walks into... Roger's house, uninvited, oh, no. walks upstairs and surprises Roger with beer and Chinese food. Like, what in the actual fuck? Nice guy, but doesn't understand boundaries.
1: No, he walked upstairs.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's unfucking settling Just, just, Rob is determined to expose this house. He lets Harold on the secret. Harold is a little bit perturbed by all this. On his way out, steals, robs. Rogers. Rogers, yeah. Rob is a little bit later. Yes. Uh, Rogers, black book, Mm -hmm. and calls his ex-wife the actress, Sandy kind of fills her in about what he's been up to. Yes, just concerning behavior. Yes, concerning behavior, right? So the very next well, okay, we need to talk about this first. He has another, like he's work like Roger's working on his story. Yeah. There's uh like a little toy truck that sort of rolls out into the foyer while he's working, which sort of snaps him back into reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And he goes he goes, so he's looking for Jimmy again, right? Because this is one of Jimmy's toys. So he goes to look for Jimmy, he goes into a shed, but the swordfish is what freaks him out. That's what it is. That's what it was. So the a toy truck rolls out. He sees this truck, he picks it up, looks at it, thinks it might be Jimmy. And all of a sudden the swordfish, the giant swordfish that is up on the wall, yeah, like stuffed a, Marlin. Right, like it's like those giant singing bass, yeah. except a swordfish. Starts flopping around. Raj.
1: Mm-hmm
0: runs to the shed to grab the double-barrel shotgun that apparently Aunt Elizabeth kept somewhere and just everybody knew about. Safe. (laughs) Grabs the double-barrel to go shoot the fish that's mounted on the wall. But gets attacked by garden tools. Why are those controlled by the house? We don't know. Not entirely sure, right? But he's able to get away, get back into the house, shoot the swordfish it like whimpers and cries doesn't die no it it does it has like this big production about whimpering and like making eye contact with roger the whole time it's quote-unquote dying yeah um so roger just sort of throws a towel over his face
1: like you do with a bird
0: yeah exactly kind of like out of respect (laughs) i guess sandy happens to be the person that sees this right so she sees him like running down the stairs with this shotgun after he's
1: He's being chased by garden garden tools and and shooting this marlin and yeah like
0: he's had a morning right and then sandy sees him and he's trying to like play this off when all of a sudden she turns into a like an obese rotting flesh monster and tries to kill him so He shoots her and she turns back into regular Sandy. And then as he's
1: outside, Harold calls the cops. Because Harold sees this and Harold says, I'd like to report a suicide attempt.
0: Yeah, so either Harold is covering up for him or he's just a massive idiot.
1: Yeah, or just like really just jumps to conclusions.
0: Right. So Roger hears sirens and snatches the, the body. The bloodless body. And stores it like under the stairs. Yeah. It's like a little cellar under the stairs. Cops show up, cite him for firing a firearm, or were about to, when um, they realize that he is Roger Cobb. Instead, they go in, have coffee with him for a few minutes. Harold joins because he's intrusive. Because Harold is always there. (laughs) And then they leave, and that was it. He realizes that the gun is missing after all this, right? He puts it down on the counter- um, while the cops are there and then he sees that it's been moved. So he doesn't know where it is. Goes back upstairs. It's the ghost of Sandy that has a gun. So she like hits him with the butt of it like a baseball bat. Like, yes. Like swings it and hits him and goes to like put one in his head, but the gun is unloaded. So nothing happens.
1: Struggle ensues
0: yep so there's this
1: struggle but it's not the ghost of like normal sandy it's the ghost of like evil, fat, evil sandy. fat sandy
0: yes. yeah like uh it's a it's a, it's clearly a grotesque caricature of sandy correct roger is able to defeat evil sandy with the help of the evil garden tool <laughs> yes he does uh opens the door just the right time she gets hit with all the flying garden tools she dies hmm Right, but she's not like fully dead. Yeah, her body
1: parts still move.
0: Yeah, things still wriggle around. Like you have this hand that keeps coming up later on in the movie. So he chops everything up, buries it, goes to bury it in little pieces. But as he's doing that, I guess his aunt was friends with this other attractive woman. Right, that let her use her pool. Yeah, so she's out swimming in the pool and Roger's down there with the body. She doesn't seem to notice or care. Um, thinks it's a tree sapling. Which was weird. Which was incredibly weird. Like, she could have just ignored it or called it leaves.
1: Yeah, because there was no sapling poking out of that.
0: No, I guess leaves would have been kind of stupid too because there's no leaves. No. Like, there's nothing you can say that... Not doesn't a, convince people that no, that's not a body. Not at that time. Tanya was convinced, however, because Tanya wanted to go to the bone zone. She did, but not with Raj. Not with Raj, just with somebody else. Right. Raj, uh, she needed as a babysitter come to find out. Exactly. That same evening, actually, like the very next scene, she shows up with this kid. Yes. And is like, I need you to watch him. Yes. So then we have like this really, I wouldn't call it totally pointless, but it's something you could definitely remove from in the movie. editing yeah. and not lose anything, right? So nope. the kid, Robert, gets snatched by some goblins in the house. Mm-hmm. And Roger saves this kid from being snatched by the goblins. Right. And this kid gets snatched because the mom just drops him
1: off, like Sam said. Just yeah. needs a babysitter. So just she literally just like dumps him on this, this strange person, man. she doesn't yes. know
0: good parenting by tanya (laughs) love to see it well done
1: and that's all we get from tanya
0: yeah that's literally it that's the only time we see her right she drops the she's there in the pool drops the kid off picks the kid up and that's that's it it. after all this happens roger invites harold back over to the house Mm -hmm. um under the guise of like beer and pizza uh immediately drags him upstairs he's got this like rube goldberg kind of trap with all these cameras and this harpoon gun wants harold to shoot the monster that comes out with the harpoon gun tells harold it's a raccoon right yep so shoots the wants to shoot the monster with the harpoon gun and then sort of reel it out right Mm. i mean we roger is at least figuring out the house though he did get that part figured out like mm-hmm. the monster popped out right at 12 yep we have no idea why but it no. popped out at 12.
1: yeah he knew when it was coming
0: yep Harold manages to shoot the monster to his credit
1: not Roger yeah he doesn't yep. shoot Roger he shoots the monster which shoots is good. the
0: monster yep in a in a good spot right mm-hmm. a nice firm spot and then everything else just like they just completely forget what to do yeah Harold is in shock.
1: He just sits there.
0: Yeah. And he sees this monster and just doesn't know what to do.
1: Nope. Doesn't reel the monster back in. Fucking Roger, you know, tries to grab onto this monster to pull him out and doesn't happen and gets sucked
0: into the closet. The closet apparently is Vietnam.
1: It's all just portals, I guess, into your psyche.
0: Yeah. Nobody wants to hear about goddamn Vietnam, <laughs> Stop Roger. it. Stop it. But we're back in Nam. Um, ben the shitty character in roger's story is actually a real person we see what happens to ben the whole deal with it is is roger sees ben mortally wounded Mm -hmm. but doesn't finish him off
1: finish me off
0: um the implication is that roger was supposed to kill him so he wouldn't be tortured right And that's the story that they go with
1: that scene where this guy is like dying or whatever was that's where the cheese is in this movie well i mean but a big hunk of it for sure
0: yeah ben the actor playing ben really tries to ham up the whole i'm dying bit man the noises he makes you can't tell if he's dying or if uh maybe he's got a boner maybe he's arrived (laughs) maybe
1: he's arrived
0: maybe the reason ben is pissed off that's the other twist in all this is that Ben is the one sort of haunting Jimmy and Roger. Right. right. Roger didn't kill Ben. Ben was tortured for weeks before finally dying, so he's got a bone to pick hmm. with Roger. You don't really get that from the context there in the nom scene with Ben and Roger. You'd think that they were were buddies. I think Good buddies. Were, yeah, really good buddies. Roommates. <laughs>
1: and they were roommates.
0: They were roommates for a long time. <laughs> In a one bedroom.
1: They were. They knew each other intimately.
0: One bedroom mates. <laughs> Roger sort of like escapes Nam with his life again for the second time, and then, like, comes back to see Harold just like sitting in a mattress, like drunk in his living room, passed out drunk in this room, Thanks. uh, with a whiskey bottle in his hand. Roger gets him up and shuffles him off to a bed to go sleep it off, and then he goes upstairs in the attic for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Why. Sees a painting and realizes that Jimmy is in the mirror world. He like removes a rag that's like conveniently placed over
1: his son in this mirror world and it the the fucking like discovery was
0: fucking gold. It was. He's like slightly just moves the rag slightly over you see like this little picture of jimmy like screaming you know but it's like a two inch he's like oh my god oh god i just realized where he is right so he runs into the bathroom throws a chair through the window which opens up a like you see the portal to the inner dimension or Mm -hmm. hell or whatever it is right the spirit world he nearly gets grabbed by a bunch of monsters the first time but eventually he gets the uh, courage to go and descend down himself
1: that scene reminded me of like a japanese girl on a train
0: yeah, there was definitely some... Uh, <laughs> there a lot of hands
1: grabbing. Yeah,
0: there was a lot of grabbing, a lot of tentacles. There was, well, there were some tentacles. So we'll let you fill in the blank. That happens, and then after that happens, Roger had so much fun that he decides to s- descend down below, right? Yep. He goes down with a shotgun, a rope, and a flashlight, right? <laughs> like, halfway down, this flying bat skeleton thing like snatches the gun away from him. The thing is badass. And then, like, stylishly loads the gun, <laughs> flips it over while it's, like, to, like, yes. load it, and then cocks it back and Fire. blasts, right? Yeah. And just, like... Shoots the rope right above Roger. Fucking amazing. It's like Dirty Harry style. I
1: was like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, so that happened. And Roger falls into a pool of water, emerges into Vietnam to find Jimmy like in this little bamboo cage. He frees him from the cage, jumps back into the water to swim out, and when they come back to the house, they're in the pool. Yes. Right? And you think that everything is safe, but there's still like 15 minutes left, so you know there's something else coming. Right. It's Ben. It's Ben! It's Ben, right? So I sort of spoiled it earlier, but Ben is back, he's angry, and he wants to kill... Somebody related to Roger. <laughs> either Roger or his son. He'll take either one. He doesn't really care at this point.
1: Then He's why a- didn't he just kill his son earlier? I don't
0: know. I just think that's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. He had him for years.
1: That's stupid. You
0: could have killed him at any point in time. Right. Or if
1: you wanted to kill him in front of him, then why would you steal him? Fucking
0: idiot. You're an idiot, Ben, and you deserve <laughs> what you got. Exactly. So Ben goes for Roger, chases him upstairs. Roger escapes through a bathroom window. Gets back downstairs, there's a fight between Ben and Roger. Um, at one point Roger like Ben gives him this ultimatum, right, at the very end where he's yeah. like, Either you die and sacrifice yourself or I kill your son. And and Roger Just sort of stands up to him like a like an after school special, right? Pair of balls. Yeah, like he just sort of treats Ben like the playground bully. He's like, "I'm not gonna do what you say," (laughs) and puts a grenade in his rib cage and runs out. And that was it. That was it. That was the movie. Yeah, and
1: and and his wife is alive. Sandy, yes, Sandy's
0: not dead. That's the other thing. Yes, yes. Happy ending. Freeze frame was not expecting that.
1: I was expecting something else after that. Like, because usually they'll do something to where it's like, oh, there's going to be a second one.
0: Yeah, there was this whole slapstick bit with the hand, mm-hmm. right? With Sandy, Demon Sandy's hand and uh, Robert, yes. Tanya's kid. And I thought for sure. You're going to see that hand again? Yeah, or maybe the head, you know, like mm-hmm. coming out of the dirt and like, ah! Stay around for House Two, right? No, no. Never, they were not anticipated a sequel. They didn't think it was going to be as good as it did. Yeah, it, I guess, it, and it was a pretty good movie overall. Like, it wasn't I feel bad. like, yeah, they didn't try to sequel bait. I feel like the the storytelling wasn't terrific, but it wasn't Maximum Overdrive either.
1: <laughs> very fucking true. Yeah, very like, fucking. There have
0: been some some bigger budget movies with less heart.
1: Then, than this yes, movie. correct.
0: I'll, I'll I'll put it that way.
1: Yeah, couple fun facts. So the producer of this movie, he produced all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. He you know originally intended it for to be a horror movie, actually scary, but mm-hmm. the writer had done several rewrites and added the in the comedy, comedy. aspect yeah. of it. In Hong Kong, for some odd reason, the title was changed to Don't Go Into the Haunted House After Midnight.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't know why. That's probably because like the house, the haunted house genre. Yeah. In those like in the in Korea and Hong Kong and places like that are so ubiquitous. Oh, okay. Everywhere. That there probably already is one called House. So they're like, we've got to change this title to give it a little bit of... Exactly. Got to change it to something else. Something. So they made it a super wordy one. Yeah, they did. Probably yeah. didn't do very well in Hong Kong.
1: I got, yeah, I guess not. I don't know. Yeah. The producer just saw a movie poster. He was in Hong Kong overseas whenever you know it came out, and he was like... What's up with all the <laughs> fucking <laughs> characters on there? <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, well, makes yeah, good point.
0: Terrific. Well, we got to give this thing a cheese rating. We
1: got to give it a cheese rating.
0: I think it's a pretty decent block of cheese here, right? Like It's just a normal block of household cheese. Typical household horror comedy like if you had to like again, if you had to typify a horror comedy mozzarella movie, right? Yeah, yeah, it's your it's your string cheese, right? Yeah, like, that's
1: exactly what it is. Yep, string cheese. There's much, nothing
0: much to say about that. Pretty much find it anywhere. If you if you if you say cheese, a lot of people think string cheese. If mm-hmm. you say house, a lot of people will remember this movie for yeah, sure. Absolutely, that's been house. This is children of the cheesy folks, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Later. Thank you for listening to Children of the Cheesy. If you feel like dropping us some cheddar, check out our Patreon. You'll get some warm, melty perks like early access to our episodes, a cheesy drawing from moi, and access to exclusive content.
0: Head to childrenandthecheesy.com for the latest on upcoming episodes, merch, and other exciting things. Like, review, and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast.
1: Like at Cheesy Children Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And also remember to check out our short series,
0: Trailer Trash, on YouTube and TikTok. And remember, folks, even a cheesy movie can be worth savoring. See you next time.